Since 1897, the Byers Auto family of dealerships has been serving Central Ohio's transportation needs. When we first opened our doors, our vehicles were fueled by oats and hay, acquired saddles, not seatbelts, and had shoes instead of tires. Over the years, we've gone from horses to horsepower. Today, we have 14 brands, eight convenient locations, and over 3,000 vehicles in stock. And it's all on one website, buyersauto.com. So when you're in the market for your next vehicle, remember, buy your auto from Buyers Auto. Welcome to OSSB Inside and Out, a podcast about staff member and alumni experiences at the Ohio State School for the Blind. Each week, we interview someone from the Ohio State School for the Blind about their experiences. Now here's your host, Brendan Hamblin. Hello and welcome back to another long-awaited episode of the podcast. We've been dealing with the whole COVID-19 quarantine and not being able to record and what have you and not being able to go out and do anything because everything's shut down. Um, today on the podcast, I have former, well, I'll let you introduce yourself. <laughs> uh, this is Jim Peterfish, former physical education teacher um, from OSSB, uh, not too long ago, but uh, retired for about eight years. How have you been doing with this whole thing, and what have you been up to since retiring from PE teaching? <laughs> well, um, so this is now uh, eight years uh, that I've been retired. Retired back in uh, June of of uh, 2012, and um, uh, you know long? most of the time. What's that? Has it been that long? It has been that long. It's um, it doesn't seem like it, but uh, it really has been um, uh, has gone by fast. But um, I, you know, I was um, uh, you know always coaching on the side and um, been running a business for a long time. So I continued to do that uh, even after I retired. So I never. Uh, my wife says I never really retired. Um, I just uh, stopped teaching or or going to school. You know. <laughs> Uh, to the right. blind school. Uh, so I've stayed uh, relatively busy and kind of ramped up uh, volunteer activities and that kind of stuff. Right. Um, more recently, obviously, uh, we're all sidelined uh, with uh, with this pandemic and the stay at home orders and, and all. But, I'm, you know, uh, for me, um, I've got the advantage, I guess, of um, uh, being quarantined with a very lovely wife. Uh, I, um, uh, I, I joke that, um, you know, fortunately she can't throw me out of the house cause there's nowhere for me to go. <laughs> <laughs> She's got to you know, put I'd up with up you. On, I'd end up on the porch and she'd have to let me in eventually. So, um, you know, the, uh, but it's, it's really, um, uh, from a, a living standpoint, it's, it's not much change. Uh, what, what I've missed is, uh, is being around, um, athletes and, and, you know, physically coaching them and, and, you know, interacting with them on a daily basis. And, and, uh, over the last, you know, six weeks or, or more now, um, everything has been virtual. Everything's right. been online doing zoom, you know, practices, uh, providing dry land activities and that kind of stuff. Cause we can't be in swimming pools right now. And right. So, that's Probably been can't uh, be in swimming pools for a long time, considering everything that's going on. And yeah, we don't know what's going to happen. Um, the uh, it's going to be at least probably, you know, here June 1st anyway, before they open. Right. Um, and there's a lot of pools and communities that have already announced that they're not going to open for the summer. I know. So Hilliard. I know Hilliard is one in Columbus that's not opening anything as far as aquatic. Yeah, Hilliard's uh, closed, um, and that was one of my contracts. Um, I I run the uh, swimming lesson program there for the city of Hilliard, and and so that was you know that was a a hit to the you know the business side of what I do. Right. Um, the um, uh, Grandview is another one that's announced uh, recently. They're not going to open. There's a few uh, summer club pools that are not going to open. Right. And, and um, 
it's uh, so uh, in the swimming world right now, uh, everything is dry docked. Uh, and uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, we're uh, we're struggling a bit, but uh, trying to stay in touch and and uh, we'll see what happens. Right now, you started at OSSB when? Um, I started back in 1982, mm. um, okay. back in the uh, dark ages. <laughs> the um, and uh, that was uh, in uh, well, that was uh, the year I actually um, finished my master's program that summer. Of, uh-huh. um, uh, in fact, missed my graduation because school had already started. Uh, so I didn't, uh, I didn't actually go through my, um, graduation ceremony. <clears throat> so, um, in fact, that reminds me, I, I, I really feel for the the seniors this year, uh, the graduating seniors and, and not, uh, being able not to being walk. able to have traditional ceremonies, you know, uh, the commencement, um, all the other things that I'm sure were well planned out before, you know, school was, uh, was called and, and the dinners and the recognition ceremonies and the parties they were going to have and things that they might be looking forward to. So right. all the, I, prom, I, prom, yeah. Prom senior trip, you know, all those things that, uh, I'm sure that they were looking forward to, uh, that, uh, that initially got postponed and then canceled. And, and, uh, so, to all those uh, that may be listening that are that are graduating seniors, uh, there's a lot of people feeling for you, and I hope that um, you're coming up with uh, creative ways to celebrate your accomplishments and and know that uh, uh, everyone, your staff, the faculty, and all, are very proud of everything that you've done. Right, and that includes <clears throat> OSSB graduating seniors this year and non-OSSB graduating seniors this year. So. <laughs> Right, right. Everybody uh, is affected by this. Right. So, I don't know anybody who's not. So, yeah. And I guess uh, to parlay off of that, you know, uh, well wishes to everyone out there that's uh, the uh, in the OSSB uh, community and uh, students, faculty, staff, and their families. Hoping uh, everybody is staying well and and uh, weathering this quarantine and. Uh, right. There, everybody is uh, staying healthy and both physically and mentally and as well as emotionally. True. Very true. Um, let's see. Is there any sort of difficulties cha- or teaching visually impaired as opposed to teaching normally sighted students, whether it be swim or PE in general? or what have you? Well, I think, um, I think there's, there's definitely a difference. Um, but, um, you know, uh, when I talk to people outside the school and, um, you know, when I was teaching and, and, and since then, and, and, uh, I think every, every teacher gets this kind of a response when you're asked where you teach and you say, um, you know, I teach at state school for the blind. They say, Oh, that must be a real challenge. You know, well, teaching in and of itself is a challenge. It doesn't matter (laughs) what, uh, what realm you're teaching in. And, um, you know, I, I, uh, I, part of what I do as a business is to train teachers, um, you know, that are going to be teaching uh, eventually kids how to swim. So a lot of what I do is, is training teachers. And, um, and, and what I tell them is that, um, you know, if all you think you want to do is teach, um, don't, don't do it. If that's, if that's all you think, however, if you want to be a good teacher, just understand that teaching done well is very hard work. You know, teaching done poorly is, one of the easiest jobs in the world is it's just glorified babysitting, (laughs) Uh, you know? And um, yeah, but if you want to teach, well, you, you've got to, you got to put a lot of work into it. And um, the um, uh, situation that I, you know, was hired into there 
uh, back in 1982 was to be immersed into a, a staff of just amazing teachers. Um, you know, not, not counting me as one of them, right. but, um, the, uh, you know, I, I had the, the fortune of, of coming in and, and working with, uh, Annie Toll for 25 or 26 years. And she's one of the most amazing teachers I know, uh, pours everything that she, that she had into what she was doing. And I would um, agree with that 100%. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, um, um, and then, cause I, you know, taught a few more years after that. And, um, uh, fortunately was, um, uh, Annie was replaced with, uh, Mrs. Brewerwood, right. uh, who was another, you know, amazing, um, you know, at that time, uh, well, she's still a very young lady and, um, right. uh, but came in with a lot of energy and, and reminded me a, a lot of, uh, of Annie in that sense. And, and, uh, and so, my two closest colleagues uh, that I worked with, I, you know, I couldn't have asked for um, a better situation, but, um, but the entire staff, you know, um, I, I can't think of one, one teacher who wasn't really dedicated to what they were doing. And of course, working with the visually impaired, right. That part of it um, was, you know, it was different in physical education because when you look at, uh, the, the disability of, of visual impairment or blindness, um, it is a, it is a disability of mobility. Um, and, that is true. Uh, so what are you, what are you trying to get them to do in phys ed? And that's move around a lot. Right. And so, um, so that creates its own challenges, but, um, uh, but a lot of, um, you know, the image that a lot of people have of the school is that, uh, you know, there's a bunch of students running around, they're all totally blind and they're all walking with dogs and canes and, you know, right. and um, that's the typical and, image of what it, people think. Yeah. But and, it's not really that. that. Right. And, you know, the majority have some sort of useful vision. Right. And, um, and once you have a little bit of vision, you're, you're more uh, of a sighted person than you are um, totally blind. True. And therefore that's, uh, you know, in the physical education realm, that's what we use. Um, and, um, and of course you adapt and modify, um, all things so that, um, the idea is, uh, everybody can be successful. Exactly. The, uh, of course the, the challenge is to get, get kids to enjoy movement, right. uh, so that they want to be there. And, um, and that's really, um, what, um, you know, I kind of took from, uh, Miss Toll, um, right. was the, the environment that she, she promoted. And, um, and then in my own quirky and, uh, goofy way, tried to, to make sure that, uh, that kids had fun when they, you know, they look forward to coming to the gym right? and regardless of their ability that, the idea was that they were going to come down and they were going to be, they would have fun. And whether that was um, having fun with, you know, the relationship that I had with them um, or fun in the realm of the activities that we were doing. Right. Um, I always wanted kids to associate the um, uh, physical education, you know, PE going to gym class. I wanted that to be a, a time. And it was, it was so fun to, you know, to stand out the door and watch kids run to the gym because that's where they wanted to be. Um, right. you know, of course that changes as you get a little bit older, you get into high school and, you know, uh, attitudes change and what, yeah, yeah, and whatnot. Yeah. you know, and, and that's all, it's all part of it. And, um, um, but you change the focus of, of uh, what they're trying to do and try to challenge. Uh, we're certainly blessed with um, uh, facilities that, uh, and that was one of the most attractive things about that particular job is, is um, when I, because uh, uh, I, I was somewhat familiar with the school because I'd been there before. Right. Um, and in fact, um, my uh, uh, first time spending much time in the school was actually because I took a orientation and mobility course as part of my master's program. And my, uh, my teacher was the, uh, um, 
the uh, uh, famous Rob Mills. Um, I've heard that and, name uh, several times. Yeah, and <laughs> you know the uh, the first week we met down at OSU on campus, but then from then on for the remainder of that quarter we met at the school. So every right. week I was I was in the school and um, got to look at the job posting board, and at that time. Uh, jobs were truly posted, you know, with right. a thumbtack and a piece of paper on a bulletin board. Uh, not, uh, not what you not think online. of now. Uh, there, there was no internet and computers and, you know, and all that stuff. Right. And so I was actually in the building a day or two of when that, uh, that job was posted. And I was the first person to, uh, to apply and I believe got the first interview and, um, uh, and for whatever reason, they settled on hiring me. So, um, <laughs> the, uh, but, uh, that whole process, um, you know, uh, in, in looking at the, at the job itself, I, you know, I looked and, you know, I had had a lot of teaching experience through, you know, my undergrad work and working in right. different schools and, and, um, uh, you know, the typical Jim Cafatorium situation that you have in um in a lot of elementary and and uh, middle schools where you know you do your gym class and then you've got to set up the tables to have lunch and right and um and then you've got to tear everything down because it's the auditorium as well and all that and, and here we, we had and we, we didn't had a, have that problem at ossb no we had a beautiful gym we had you know a swimming pool we had the track we had um at that time we had a cinder track out in front with the wires and right where the uh, uh, big toy used to be <laughs> before yeah, it got right. pushed to the back of the campus where yeah, it is well, now. Yeah. And, um, so we had wires on grass and, and, um, and then of course, uh, eventually got the, um, the nice, uh, regulation 400 meter track built. Um, uh, and of course the, the property itself, you know, just all the things you could do outside, right. um, and uh, beautiful property, and um, you know. So, as far as a physical education teacher goes, that was—it's a dream job. Um, and uh, a lot of the folks that I know that are phys ed teachers now or have been—they um, can't believe the type of situation that I had. And um, I, uh, I can so imagine it was easy to understand why uh, why someone would be there you know, for as long as Annie was there as, and, and myself and, and, uh, now Allison, I don't know how long Miss Brewer would has been there now, but probably close to, I don't know, 13, 14 years now, 15 uh, years. Something like I that. I would have to and, guess. Uh, I'm not sure. Or if... I'm sure she's way too young to be there that long, but, uh, <laughs> anyway, <Probably>. uh, <laughs> the, um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's a place where you, um, uh, once, once you're there for a, a, a short period of time, you, you become part of a, uh, you know, you become part of a family. You, uh, you get to know kids. Um, I mean, you know, uh, a significant portion of them are, are residential there. And, right. um, the, um, uh, of course the, uh, being involved from the coaching end of it, the, uh, the trips that we got to take and, um, you know, that were, uh, initially they were weekend long trips, you know, we'd leave on Thursday or Friday and, and not get back until Sunday afternoon. And, right. uh, you travel, you know, quite a ways by bus, um, long, uh, long trips and, and, uh, but you got to know kids, um, really well and, um, you know, certainly much better than you do, um, in a, uh, in a public school type setting. Right. Where you only um, see them from say K to six or six to 12. Yeah. Limited grade ranges. You got a lot more kids shuffling through, uh, shorter periods of time. Uh, we had, um, you know, for the most part, um, the kids would have physical education every day, right. uh, you know, in the gym or in the pool a couple of days. And, um, and even, you know, for the longest time, and it wasn't until, um, you know, some of my last years there that even all the way up through your senior year, you still took physical education. There was a time slot for that. And, 
and uh, kids would start to get pulled out for different, you know, vocational reasons and, right. and, and things like that. But for the most part, uh, we had them uh, from the time they started at school there until the, um, until they graduated and um, a lot of, uh, a lot of time. And, and you just, you just don't have that in the um, various public school systems and particularly for visually impaired students um, in the public school systems that um, oftentimes are excused from phys ed because they don't have the, uh, they don't have the ability to adapt and, right. and uh, the, uh, the, the curriculum. So uh, uh, students that ended up at our school that were at uh, other school systems, they would, um, uh, they were, you know, somewhat leery at first, but then uh, I think uh, eventually amazed by what they could do. Right. Uh, and uh, we had, gosh, I, th I think uh, uh, just with the, um, you know, the ability to have a, a trampoline, you know, um, we had a trampoline there for years that uh, in the public schools, those were banned. Right. Uh, and, uh, and we were able to, to keep ours. I mean, I, I think it's still there. Um, I think and, so. And LSSB is not by any means, so, quote unquote, new. <laughs> or oh, at right, least it right. wasn't when I was there. It may be by now, but if it's even still there. Yeah. Ours was old. <laughs> right. But it worked. Yeah. Um, something kids always enjoyed. And, um, and again, one of the benefits of having a dedicated space for physical education and, and um, uh, being able to um, uh, promote it as, uh, as a piece of equipment that was, uh, that was vital and gave an experience to, um, to visually impaired kids that they wouldn't get outside of, uh, of the school. Right. Um, and I know we did some PE uh, <laughs> field trips. Wait, what? No kayaking or something like that and yeah. camp lazarus that's a, right that's a story that i'll never forget <laughs> <laughs> yeah the outdoor pursuit uh uh some of the climbing um uh the ropes courses uh yeah. the kayaking uh classes um and um yeah those were all all fun the scuba diving in the pool yeah uh <laughs> Yeah, that was uh, that was a great day. That was uh, fact, that was fun. Yeah, I actually, um, uh, well, I haven't actually dove in a while. It's been uh, 2015 since the last time I um, I actually did any scuba diving, but um, uh, but uh, ironically, I I actually went swimming uh, on um, Monday. This is uh, this is Wednesday the sixth. Right. And on Monday, the fourth, I was up in Alum Creek uh, swimming. And uh, so uh, no pool, no problem. Right. <laughs> Don't need a pool to swim. Just need something with water. That's right. Uh, I was the only one in there, but. Uh, <laughs> That's uh, probably better for your safety. About, uh, you know, maybe 500 yards between me and the next person. So. <laughs> well, that's good. Um. Are there any memories, whether it be from PE or non-PE events that stick out that OSSB held or did or attended <laughs> in your mind from your uh, time at? Well, I, I mean, over the years, uh, certainly a lot of the, uh, the trips were uh, memorable. Uh, the one I think that... Um, sticks out for those of us that uh, were on the trip that went up to um, uh, South Dakota uh, in January. Why, um, why on earth South Dakota hosted the wrestling and cheerleading championships? And, and I can't even remember what year it was, but um, um, it literally got down to minus 100. And um, mm -hmm. the, uh, it was minus 60 most of the time. And uh, that particular trip, we um, uh, we drove up there. We drove a van and a station wagon. And I remember driving a, 
driving the van and it was so cold that the tread of the tire um, came off on the van, uh, just sort of ripped off and and um, and it Uh-oh. was beat against the floorboards of the van and broke a hole up into the van. And um, uh, I think at that time it was uh, Pharrell Parker that was back there and uh, it was like a, uh, a machine gun going off. And um, uh, we had to stop and we were out in the middle of nowhere, somewhere in I think Northern Iowa at the time. And, and uh, we limped along and, and the very next exit uh, there, there was a, a restaurant and a tire store and that was it, you know? <laughs> and so we had the, we had the tire fixed while we, uh, while, while we ate and we got up there and gosh, it was, it was, it was so cold. The buses, um, um, we, you know, we had a van and a station wagon Right. And we took the batteries out of them and took them into the hotel. Uh, the uh, the city up there opened up their garages uh, so that the other school buses from the other schools could park their buses indoor because they couldn't get them started. They had to be towed in. And, right. and um, um, the um, uh, where we were, it was a small college where we were actually competing. And, um, uh, you know, the from where the competition was in the gym to where the um, eating facility, where the uh, dining hall was, right. was about the length of a football field. And even just walking that distance, uh, people were just frozen. And uh, so they started imagine. running shuttles uh, to get um, just back and forth. And then uh, when we were going to leave, the uh, state of Troll up there closed all the roads. So we, we weren't even allowed to leave. And wow. so we had to stay an extra day. And so that trip, um, you know, it took us a couple of days to get up there because we stayed all night, I think, at the Iowa school and and uh, made it a two day trip and and then um, ended up having to make a two day trip back. And we got delayed a day. So I think that trip was about six days. Um, but anyone that was on that trip remembers that trip for sure. And, um, you know, over the years, uh, uh, of course, a lot of the. Um, uh, swimming trips that we, that we took and, and, um, whether it was just the regular, you know, getting over to Indiana and, and back and, right. uh, and then there were all the, the regular events that, that occurred, um, throughout a lot in the spring, obviously a lot of the things with the elementary school and the, the, uh, the art fair and the, right. uh, spring festival and, and, um, track and field day track and field day with the lions clubs and, and, and all that, those were all, you know, all things that uh, the students look forward to and, and was uh, that were a lot of fun. Um, You know, things that uh, the Christmas events, the Christmas concerts, the dinners. um, Those were always my favorite. (laughs) Yeah. The, you know, the, um, you know, most of the kids, um, uh, the students were, were involved in a lot of different things, whether it was, you know, athletics or music, um, vocal or, or instrumental or, or, um, you know, some type of drama. Um, and so everybody was, everybody was involved in, in, in multiple things and, and, um, you know, they're just, uh, just good times, uh, to, uh, to think back on. I would agree. Um, let's see, is there any, advice that you may have for anybody who's looking to send their student or child to OSSB? Um, yeah, uh, sure. You know, I think, um, the, uh, um, there's, there's certainly a, when you are brought up through the, uh, the various municipal, school systems. Um, and you look at, um, the, uh, least restrictive environment right. that, um, uh, that you want to promote with any type of, um, of student who has a disability that you want to, you know, you want to make sure that they're included in the fullest way that they can. And if their school districts are providing that, then that's, that's where they should be. Right. But the fact is that there's a lot of kids around the state of Ohio and, and around the country that aren't being served properly. 
with their school districts and um, and they won't find a better educational setting um, than you will at the, at the blind school. It's right. it's absolutely uh, top notch. And, 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 and it's not uh, um, I, um, I have a perspective on, on, on teaching that goes beyond uh, the school. And, and I can tell you, 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 you won't find a better staff there and people that are dedicated uh, to uh, promoting, you know, the educational um, improvements of, of students who, who need it. The stigma is that it's um, uh, from a parental aspect is that, you know, full-time um, education with a single disability right. uh, is kind of very low on the, uh, the um, spectrum of, of least restrictive environment. And so therefore, when they're, they're looking at options, you know, when they, um, uh, when they realize that their, uh, the child is, is, is blind or, you know, has a visual impairment that, that is going to need modifications, uh, from a learning perspective, right. and they start pursuing this with their school districts and they, they start getting the information and they start reading and you go from being full-time in a, in a regular classroom all the way down, you know, 12 or so steps all the way down to, you know, full-time uh, residential facility with a visually impaired. <laughs> right. You're at the bottom. Well, no, no parent goes, man, I want my, I want my kid to have what's at the bottom of the list, you right. know? Um, and so, but what happens is that they, they, they start in the educational setting that they think is the best place, but yet their, their child's not learning. Right. And, um, uh, and is being delayed and it takes several years for them to, to figure that out until they realize that, you know, maybe there is another place and that place then ends up being OSSB. And by the time they get there, they're a few grades behind. Right. And there's, then there's a catch up period. Um, it's not that the, the student, um, isn't capable of learning. It's that they, uh, uh, they don't necessarily have the opportunity or the expertise, the resources uh, that are necessary. And it's not that the school districts aren't trying to do uh, what's what's uh, right, what's best, is that they're just not capable of doing it. And so any um, any parent that may be listening that's um, that's looking at that, um, you owe it to yourself and and to your child to at least observe what's going on. Um, right. Check school. it out. And um, you get up there and, and, and you will see, you will see a, um, just a, you know, from, from top to bottom, from administration all the way through, um, you will see people that are, that are dedicated to um, uh, the task of, of teaching um, and making sure kids are learning um, as they, as they should be. And, and, you know, that's, school-wide I you know right it's not just it's just not the teachers you know I I happen to be a teacher but um you know teachers are 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 supported by the paraprofessionals um the uh the teacher aides the the support staff uh, you know um all the um gosh, the the special services um the uh, the the medical staff, the nursing, you know, to the maintenance, to the food service, to the right. you know, uh, it's just um, um, that list goes on and on and on and on. Yeah, and it's just uh, and it's just filled with with people that uh, that are are just they're, they're quality folks and and um, uh, you know for the most part enjoy uh, coming to work and and have a perspective that regardless of the job that you're doing there in the school, it's all related to, um, to making sure children are learning. Right. And, uh, and that's what schools are all about. And it's like, as opposed to regular schools, it's, it's students first education second. <clears throat> Would you say the same? Um, yeah, I, I, I think, and it, it, 
obviously uh, it goes hand in hand because the purpose of a school is to make sure <laughs> children learn. And, right. and that's a huge difference between, uh, you know, there's, there's a difference between um, teaching something and making sure kids learn something. Right. Uh, there's a big difference there. Yeah. And, um, and I think that's a huge difference that what goes on at the blind school is that um, uh, because of the, the focus and the, the amount of resources and, and the, the small classroom settings is that uh, um, everyone is focused on the learning piece and right. the progress that kids are making. And um, uh, they can take things in smaller steps and, and they can individualize as, as needed. Um, it's not, uh, you know, show up, you know, take a seat in the classroom, right. uh, listen or not, and then move on to the next class. Uh, you're, uh, there's a lot more accountability to what's going on and, and, um, uh, and, you know, there's, there's a lot of success stories. When I think back of, um, various students that I had over the years, um, me being one of them. What's that? <laughs> Me being yeah, one it, of them. Obviously, I'm, I'm talking to one of them. Um, <laughs> and uh, the, um, but there's, there's many of them that have, uh, you know, gone on to be very successful in life. Um, and, um, uh, you know, heck, uh, families, you know, uh, married, have kids. Uh, right. You know, uh, I was at a point uh, when I was finishing up where I was actually teaching a lot of children of kids that I taught, you know, right. so um, the, uh, so there's, uh, you know, I, I guess that's where uh, the whole family thing comes in. <laughs> right. And generations. OS, right. And OSSB is a family. I know I've taught, touched on this pr practically every episode but OSSB is a family you walk through those doors and you get that feeling right yeah I, I totally agree and I know one teacher has been there the longest <laughs> yeah when you um, <clears throat> you know there's um, uh, you know, of course I, I you know I, I stayed connected with the school right uh, once you know, because of uh, my involvement with the uh, foundation, right? With and that's been very recent that I um, uh, that I left that position. Um, but um, so I was up in the school probably more than a lot of um, uh, retired teachers, where I would be there for meetings, um, you know, typically once a month or so, right? And um, and also be involved in some of the activities that were going on just because that was the purpose of the foundation. Right. And, um, uh, a lot of the teachers have, have turned over, but, um, you know, I, the two that come to mind very quickly, you know, Mary Butler, who's been there, what now 60 years or Something more like I, that. I, I don't know. I think it's you know, 60 twice as long as I was there. And, um, <laughs> and then also seal Pirano and, uh, they're just, um, um, uh, I mean, they're the, they're amazing uh, teachers. Yeah. They're just incredible people and, and, um, icons in terms of, of teachers and, um, kind of epitomizes the, uh, the family aspect and, and, and the dedication that, uh, that goes along with, with the teaching profession, because, um, uh, to stay that long, you're doing it because you, you love it, uh, right. because you, you need to be there. And the thing that surprises me is that Miss Butler has no plans of retirement. <laughs> <laughs> so you must really love your job. Well, granted, there are only what about eight students per class at OSSB? Maybe uh, yeah, 10 somewhere at around most? there, depending on you know, there were more in phys ed, but um right. Um but yeah, in the classroom setting. There's um, not 30 or 32 or typically what there are in normal, normal schools. Right. Exactly. They've got it down well, to a science. Yeah. You're <laughs> so not kidding. yeah um, absolutely. I, I, it's, um, 
it's amazing when you think of the longevity of particularly those two, but there's others that um, have taught, um, you know, longer than, than I taught 31 years, I think is, is a good amount of time, but uh, there were a lot that taught uh, longer than I did. Um, uh, you know, I think of uh, Sharon and Jeff Shaw yeah, um, and, um, and the careers that they had and the impact that they had on, on students and um, those that are still there that probably are, are, uh, are teaching, but uh, I know a lot of them have, have turned over, but the ones that I did come into contact with uh, while I was not teaching, but still involved with the foundation, again, was just a, a continuation of the, the legacy of, of great teachers up there. Right. And uh, like right now, I mean, we've got a former uh, student uh, who's the principal, you know, True. Uh, Michelle <laughs> Wagner, Michelle Majoy when she was in school. And, and um, you know, how great is that to have a, uh, a, a former teacher as the, uh, as the principal. Um, and, um, what a, what an amazing uh, person Michelle is. Right. And I know they're working tirelessly during this whole thing that we've entered to into now, or at least oh, yeah, I would, I, they've got to be working tirelessly. Yeah. I, I, I can't imagine that. And I, and I guess, um, you know, as, um, uh, you know, as sarcastic as I may be, cause I, I can, I can poke fun at just about anything. I'm the same um, way, <laughs> but, um, you know, the, um, but I, I, I am very much a, a half, a glass half full type of person. And I look at this, you know, it's definitely a challenge and I, I, I would not want to, um, uh, you know, have to experience this challenge as a teacher. I, I certainly am in, in terms of my coaching right now. Right. And I understand the frustration on that end, but, but they're, they're having to make sure that the children are learning and they're not, they're not allowed to be in the same room with them. Right. And so That's a challenge. My take on it, the, the, um, uh, the positive side of this is that everybody, and I know I'm doing it in the coaching world, is that when I do get back to whatever we call normal. Or what, yeah, whatever um, we will call normal. Yeah, we're, we're going to be much better at what we do. Um, the teachers are going to be better teachers because of this challenge that they've gone through and the creativity that they had to come up with to, uh, or creative ways that they had to come up with to teach kids. Right. Um, and, um, and again, for me, it's, you know, a lot of this technology is new and I've had to learn some of it. Um, and it's understandable teachers that are in the field, maybe they're a lot more, um, uh, used to this, but still they're, they're learning how to do it in different ways. And, um, and the challenge that they're facing, um, the teachers as well as the, the, the students, you know, this is a different thing. They, you right. know, they don't, they don't have that teacher there that they can, you know, um, get in touch with right away and, you know, have that direct contact, uh, to, uh, ask questions, questions and, and, uh, get corrected and, you know, get guidance from and, and all, um, right. it's, it's still a, uh, it's a challenging environment, but I, I truly believe that, you know, hopefully come next school year at some point in time when everything gets back and students are in their seats and, and all that, um, uh, you're going to find out that, um, uh, that the, the teachers are even better than they are now. Um, right. or were before uh, this. Yeah, absolutely. Now I've seen where they're talking about doing two days in classroom and two days remote learning that cuts OS. That makes a challenge for OSSB. I would think so. <laughs> I don't I, know. Uh, I would think so too, but I've only yeah. seen that they're talking about making it two days in classroom and two days remote learning. So and is that to try and spread uh, students out? I think so. Over the course of the week. And I would you think know, so. Fewer kids in the, you know, yeah, I think, um, you know, um, schools and, you know, um, churches anywhere that where they're having, you know, what's it's typical to have mass gatherings are going to, um, uh, they're going to have to come up with some creative ways to do it. And, um, uh, you know, how that, how that works out. And then of course, then it's going to have to be, 
you know, what do you do with um, uh, with the students at the school that would uh, be otherwise be residential? Right. Um, and uh, how is that going to work? Exactly. But, um, you know, I I don't know, but um, uh, it's going to be it's going to be fun watching, <laughs> seeing how it uh, seeing how it all all turns out. I would agree. Um, is there any advice that you have for anybody? Well, since everybody's going through this, anybody right now with the times that we're in, or uh, in general? Yeah, in uh, general. Yeah, my advice is you know to to hang in there because um, um, you know look at it as um, you know every day is a day closer. To when this is over, uh, exactly. it's not. Um, you know, it's not another day into it. It's another day closer to the end, and um, uh, none of us know exactly uh, when that is. Obviously, uh, places are starting to open up. People, you know, more people are getting back to work. Right. Um, my wife was uh, called back to work today. They had a staff meeting, um, and. Uh, and hope to be able to see patients next week. Um, and the challenge there is getting all the um, personal protection equipment, the PPEs um, right. in line. They've had trouble, uh, you know, getting enough stock of that stuff to be able to, to see patients. And, and um, the schedule which they were under before the quarantine um, was a little more rapid and now it's going to be spread out. And, and, um, so in the dental industry and dental, uh, business, the, the, the practice itself has not changed a lot because they were always, um, very protective of themselves wearing masks and right. you know, uh, glasses and gloves and, and all that. Uh, but now they've got to go a step further and, uh, the challenge is going to be more, the scheduling of patients and making sure that um, people are not crossing over in waiting rooms, and, you know, and all that. Right. So that's just one industry that is really more prepared for it. And you talk about um, uh, other people who, um, you know, have been sent home um, that maybe are unemployed at this point in time right. um, and are looking to get back to work uh, businesses that, um, that may not be able to open. Um, or not able to open uh, in a way that they can bring all their employees back. Right. Um, you know, they're all, um, they're all hurting. I think, uh, you know, uh, from a, a state and federal level, uh, they're doing just about as much as they can do at this point in time and, and looking for ways to do more uh, for people to supplement uh, income and, and resources and, um, you know, if you're in a position where you can volunteer uh, to help out, certainly um, uh, do that. Right. Uh, keep checking in with family and and um, uh, and those that you can have, you know, that you could potentially have contact with without uh, without, without much, having uh, phys physical contact. Yeah, and and um, you know, uh, uh, just uh, you know. Staying, uh, staying in touch, staying uh, uh, alert, uh, figure out new things, you know, take the time to, um, uh, to learn a new skill, uh, right. you know, research things, uh, read more, uh, uh, obviously be active, uh, right. you know, exactly. get, uh, get out, enjoy the, uh, the fresh air, you know, what they haven't closed is, um, you know, parks and, you know, you can always walk around your neighborhood and, and um, uh, the uh, uh, bike ride and, you know, do things like that uh, right. for, for exercise. Um, and um, so get out and stay active. Exactly. Um, I forget what I was going to say. <laughs> I hate when that happens. <laughs> yeah, especially on a podcast. That can be edited. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some editing to do anyway from the looks of it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I think I'm out of stu- <laughs> out of stuff. About an hour is not bad. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks for being on the po- on the first episode back from the hiatus that the podcast has been on due to this whole thing <laughs> that everybody's well, going through. Yeah, well, I'm sorry your listeners had to have me as the first one back, but um, you know <laughs> what? Uh, um, I enjoyed my time. I appreciate you. I know we uh, we actually tried to get this scheduled a long time ago uh, before, and and uh, schedules didn't match up very well. And right, and, uh, and then all of a sudden we go into quarantine. So we were uh, scheduled to do it like that week that they put us on quarantine. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and we started talking about it uh, quite a ways before that. Right. And um, uh, my schedule pushed it back. And so, um, but anyway, I hope uh, I hope all is well with anybody that is listening at this point in time. I have no idea when they're going to hear this, but um, if it's in the next couple of days and and um, stay well, everybody. And, um, uh, you know, enjoy uh enjoy life the best you can at this point in time. And, and, uh, hopefully things will be back to normal soon. I'd agree. And this will go up as long as I have control over it, which I do. <laughs> yeah, that's good. It'll go up Friday at or this Friday at nine. So. Okay. You guys will be here hearing this couple days after we've recorded it, which is May 6th, 2020. All right. Stand by. I'm going to run through the outro and we can chat a couple minutes after whatever. So stand by. <laughs> Alrighty. Thanks for joining us this week on the OSSB Inside and Out podcast. We know it's been a while since we've had an episode, but want to thank you for standing by until we've gotten the podcast going again. And I want to thank or give a huge thanks to Mr. Jim Peterfish for being on this first episode back after the hiatus. Until next time, I'm going to leave you with these words of encouragement to keep yourself going until we get through this thing. Until next time, bye for now. (laughs) Thanks for joining us this week on OSSB Inside and Out. Make sure to follow us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for OSSB Inside and Out Podcast. Make sure you don't miss any future episodes. You can find us on all the major podcast platforms. Thank you for listening. Since 1897, the Byers Auto family of dealerships has been serving Central Ohio's transportation needs. When we first opened our doors, our vehicles were fueled by oats and hay acquired saddles, not seatbelts, and had shoes instead of tires. Over the years, we've gone from horses to horsepower. Today, we have 14 brands, eight convenient locations, and over 3,000 vehicles in stock. And it's all on one website, buyersauto.com. So when you're in the market for your next vehicle, remember, buy your auto from Buyers Auto.